welcome to the Vector Accelerator podcast, where we delve into the profound journey of veterans navigating the transition from military service to civilian life. Join us as we explore the challenges faced and the critical questions for clarity and identity, purpose, and community beyond the uniform. I'm your co-host, Michael Halterman. My friends call me Halty, and I hope you will too. I'm joined today by our co-host, Joe Lara. Say hello, Joe. Hello again. How's it going? Today, we have a very special guest, Kathleen Cox. We like to call her Kat. Welcome, Kat. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you <laughs> <Yes>. for the <laughs> A little bit about Kat. She is a lieutenant commander with the United States Navy SEAL team, SEAL teams, excuse me, and the VP of customer experience at Carrington. And thankfully, she's spending some time with us today because she also happens to have done a little bit of transition work. And so that's what we'll talk about. And as a way to ease into that, um, our first or our exercise, as we always do, is what is a pivotal moment in your past that was, that was really instrumental to where you are today? And so to build you a little bit of time, Kat, to think about that, Joe, I'm going to kick it over to you first. Yeah, thanks, Halty. Man, um, so this is part of that self-reflection part that we really want all veterans to do. And so obviously I've done this a bit. And uh, and I was thinking about you know where I am today and, and what I love to do, which is in the development side of things. So developing people, developing teams. And so I started thinking and reflecting, where does that come from? And I remember being uh, assigned to a Navy ship as an E5 and sitting my position, doing my job, focused, hyper-focused, and my boss at the time, the chief, his name is Tony, and he was a mentor, became a mentor of mine and still is today. He said, uh, Petty Officer Laura, stand up and pointed at the back room and said, all those junior people, you need to teach them. And I, I was like, wait, what? It, it was like computing for the first time the whole, the whole notion of development, of what, what, that, what that looks like, what that means like, what do I need to do? And it, and it meant I need to push away from the thing that I really enjoy doing which is my job and focus on others. So it was, it was this, so it was a, it was a, the first learning moment where I realized uh, it's not just about me, it's about other people. So yeah, that's kind of where I, my mind went to with that one. Mm -hmm. Kat, that's a good one, think? Joe. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Kat. Back to follow. Here I go. Um, I think much along the lines of what you just said, Joe, everything, to move forward, to make progress, you always have to look backwards, right? We do this in the military. It's just second nature. Um, for me, my most pivotal moment I can remember is with my husband, Josh, sitting in his truck after work one day. Um, we're both military, sitting in our uniforms, and we're on a conference call with his nephew at the time and his mom and one of the teachers at his old school. And these, these teenagers um, that are my husband's niece and nephew, they were having a rough time in Arkansas. And we had been through a, a couple teacher conferences and discussions. Um, and it, it just became clear sitting on that one call that we had an opportunity to expand the love in our family and to take a really big risk in our life. And we decided in that truck call <laughs> to adopt 
his niece and nephew and move them out from Arkansas. And I wow. think yeah. that's a unique personal experience that I have. But what I learned from that, I put into every pivotal decision that I have going forward. And I think what that what I learned is that greatest risk gives you the greatest reward, right? And when I look back on that pivotal decision and how it has changed everything, the way that I, I look at life, the way that I try to seek impact and purpose, um, and really how it contributed to my transition and me being happy and successful is that where you feel like you're pushing yourself the most outside of your comfort zone, as long as you are taking care of the people that you love, that depend on you and not hurting anybody, it's worth the risk. And if you turn down an opportunity to do something like that, just because it's outside your comfort zone, mm. that's something that I think you would regret greatly in life. And it, mm. it applies to military transitions so well, because if if you ask any veteran getting out of the military, there's always anxiety involved in that mm. process, whether you're willing to admit it or not, right? Right. Um, and you get thrown a lot of opportunities and curveballs. And I see a lot of veterans turning those opportunities down, um, maybe because they're just not sure where they want to go or they're it's so outside their comfort zone. They don't know if it's going to turn out to be a good decision for them. And I go yeah. back to every time I'm at that decision point, I go back and I say, am I am I hurting anybody that I care about or am I help? Do I have the opportunity to help people? And if you're not hurting anyone and there's opportunity there, it's worth the risk. And and you just got to take that pivotal moment and take that opportunity and, and put your best effort forward. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess quickly for me, it, it would be the, the most, it, it isn't a pinpoint moment. It was a, it was a time period and it was a transition. It was going from being a Marine infantryman to being in special operations because those are wildly different in so many ways. And in the way that was most acutely that what I was most acutely aware of very quickly was the way that the way that I would have to change my leadership style almost completely because the Marine infantry. So I was an infantryman and then I went to the school of infantry to be uh, an instructor. And so those leadership sh styles do not apply in many ways because they're very loud. There's a lot of knife hands. There's a lot of, a lot of those things. Nothing um, really wrong with that, right? Not that there's anything, but that's the right place, right? That is the context and space to do that. Um, yeah. And then I showed up at special operations and it was much more subtle. It was more about how well you can articulate your position and move people um, um, through recommendation and through, um, through, through different levers. Right. And so I use that now as like, wait a second, I have transitioned once or twice before that was one of those transitions. That one was really important and it was my ability to adapt in that moment. And, and realize my new context, my new surrounding, and being able to not change who I was, my character needed to remain the same, but the tactics, techniques, procedures I used needed to adapt to the environment. Yeah. I love that, um, that response, Halty. And the question is really good. I mean, it's so fitting for today's conversation, which the context is about your backstory. Hmm. And I think, I think as veterans, consider moving forward and Kat think about, you know, uh, when you were active duty, thinking about the next chapter and you're talking to your husband about the next chapter. And as he's probably right now navigating the next chapter, all these conversations are occurring, right? Um, it, it, intuitively you're like, okay, what's next? What's, how do we move forward? 
but but this portion and this notion of backstory and why, why I love this question so much, Halty, about um, a pivotal moment in your past. Hmm. We found with working with hundreds of veterans to get clear on moving forward, you need to look back. And in looking back, I heard from both you, Kat, and from you, Halty, um, just moments of clarity, moments of, of maybe your strengths, what the best version of you coming forward, and then figuring out, okay, this is the best version of me, whether it's um, caring for others, Kat, uh, really, really providing opportunity for others, or Halty, just lowering your leadership style and how to lead in different environments and maybe be adaptable to whatever those things are, where can you do that moving forward in the next chapter? I think that's really important to be reflective to see the lessons learned and then how they can land well moving um, in your next career or opportunity. Mm. And so um, that's really when we want to focus these next series of questions. And so Kat, uh, get ready because here they come. Uh, the, the first one is about military transition support. And so we really we're, we're, we are really big on building a network, a community of people, trusted advisors. And so if you think about your transition and your separation from service, and actually you're still, you're still in the military. I mean, you are, you are serving um, as, as, a, as, a, as a military person, protecting our freedoms and all this, and working at the same time and managing your family. Um, who are the people or is there a person in your life that you feel has played a, a significant role um, as you figured out how to navigate this? Like, like who comes to mind and what are some of the insights of these individuals that have um, that have impacted you significantly in in your transition. Yeah, I think it would be easy for me to find one person to highlight, but it would be cheating everybody else of of being mentioned. So I, what I will say is it it's very obvious to me, especially every day now, that it takes a village. Um, it's not going to be one person, and it's really about seizing opportunity and not saying no to an opportunity to speak with someone and to get someone's feedback. And I think that it falls into many categories for me, if I'm going to be more general here, is you've got your friends and family, the people who know you inside and out on a daily basis, who know the struggles that you've, you've overcome and, the one, and where your weaknesses lie on an intimate level. And those people, they push you to, to greatness. They push you outside your comfort zone. They're the, the sounding board that you have that you know they understand your background. They understand what, what makes you tick, what, what triggers you, all of that stuff. So it's really great to have that. Obviously, I have my husband who I, I conversate daily with and, and look for mentorship uh, from, and then all of my family members and my close friends. But then you also have a whole other category, which I think is, is the blessing that comes with this kind of uh, program is that you have mentors outside of friends and family, right? people who challenge you to think it think at to look at things a different way than you're used to people that really bring you humility with their stories and can make you think outside the box that's kind of cliche but that's really when you're reaching out to somebody for the first time you're having a cup of coffee with someone and you're hearing about their experiences and how far they've come the importance mm -hmm. there is that you're not trying to to be them. You're not, you don't want to be a carbon copy, but the more tools that you can put in your toolbox, the more you're going to be able to handle the next obstacle and barrier that you encounter. So I think that mentorship and even expanding what you think is possible because you learn about other people's stories and what they've been able to achieve. And then you apply what you can to your own story as you go forward. 
And then another element of that is finding the folks as you transition who are in executive positions and who who have made huge leadership steps for corporate organizations or nonprofit organizations and and learning about how they have trust and buy-in in the veteran community, because that's going to be a critical piece for you to, to understand your value to an organization, but also to know the organization that you're attaching yourself to also sees value in your skill set and your experiences, mm. because that's a huge piece, right? You have to have trust and buy-in from all three of these mentors, family and friends, and from executives and, and people that lead organizations that you're going to try to be a part of. And I think all three of those, I mean, the list is, is very long of people that I, I think have helped me transition and it continues to grow. Um, yeah. But that's, that's an amazing element of this transition that I hope that every veteran can experience. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're, it sounds like I, you, you have quite a few mentors and, and people who have influenced you based on, on uh, that great answer and sharing your experience. Is there a way that you've reached out or a method by which you've used to reach out to find other mentors as you're looking at different phases of your life? And what, what are the methods you've used that you found uh, to be the best? So I think that especially today, right, you've got lots of apps you can go on, you can go mm. search the interwebs. Uh, I still think that the best way is word of mouth, having face-to-face mm. conversations with people and, and letting them hear where you're at and then having them recommend somebody because that that kind of uh, pass down, pass over, whatever you want to call it, is, is so much more catered to the individual. Mm. Um, but limiting yourself to just that is also putting yourself in a corner, right? Mm. I think that the, the the way my mind works is I like to research everything. Um, and I think that nowadays everybody has that ability, right? You can use your phone, you can use your iPad, you can use your, your computer, anything that has internet. Um, so if you're not doing that, you're really closing yourself off to opportunities and mm. to learning about how best you can fit into the civilian sector. Um, so it's really been a combination of everything. We like to do this omni-channel outreach where you you better talk to your friends and family. You better talk to everybody you know that might be able to expand your your thought process. But then you should also be looking on the internet. You should be looking on LinkedIn. You should be trying to take uh, tests to see where your your forte and your personality is and what's what those tests are going to tell you pose the greatest impact for you as an individual. Mm. And then Google that, look that up. There's, there should be no barrier to you reaching out to somebody. And I think it can be uncomfortable at first, right? I remember Definitely. going through the transition and like, how do I reach out to this person? Like I can only introduce myself so many ways before I just seem like a robot to myself. But as you start to start that process, it becomes easier because mm-hmm. you're pushing yourself yeah. outside your comfort zone. And then mm-hmm. eventually you get to the point where you feel like you can have a conversation with anybody, no matter what platform or medium you're using. And that's I where you want you to get that. to. So just, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. It, it gets easier, I guess, there in it a is. sense, the more yeah. you do it. It gets easier. It is awkward at first. We all feel it. Everyone's felt it, but it gets easier with repetitions. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with a little bit of awkwardness. Man, you, you said, yeah. 
You said a ton of good stuff there, Kat. Um, uh, obviously, like you put in a lot of time and effort and work into this. Like, th- like this isn't something that doesn't happen with one conversation. It's not going to happen from one co- uh, reflection question. This takes time and effort, and it does feel awkward. There's definitely risk involved, right? You're risking hmm. maybe sounding foolish in your first cup of coffee, right? Like, oh, I want to, I want to be like Elon Musk. Okay, that's a little ambitious. Uh, dial it back a bit, right? Um, so there's, there's kind of that. But, but to your point, it does get more comfortable because the more you spend time thinking about yourself, how you're wired, what makes you tick, the more comfortable you are because it's you. And, and so we're really encouraging people to take the time, just like how you did. Um, you'd mentioned like reaching out to family and friends, which is highly encouraged, especially with this whole notion of 50 cups of coffee, right? Like start there, start with people, you know, cause that's mm-hmm. a safe, safe, cu- I'm doing air quotes for listeners, uh, safe cup of coffee, <laughs> but then, you know, you're going to get a little bit more, um, uh, maybe savvy or a little bit more confident and the language you're using, it doesn't sound so robotic. And then you're going to take a risk and start branching out. And then I loved how you talked about mentors. Um, we refer to it in, in, uh, in vector accelerator as boards of directors. And these are people that know you well, like you're the common denominator. Everybody knows you. They might not know each other, but these are people like executives. They're established in their industry career. And they're going to tell you, Hey, you, you know, that piece of broccoli in your teeth, you got, you got something stuck there. They're going to be the ones that tell you what you, what you need to hear and not what you necessarily want to hear because they want to see you succeed. And I think that's another really important piece to this. So I love how you broke it all down. Um, you, you really painted a really clear image of what veterans should maybe consider as their first couple of steps moving forward into their transition. So thank you for that. Um, I'm kind of curious, you know, and, and this is, uh, go, go as vulnerable as you want, but about challenges, right? So we all, we're all like you said, you said it's a, it's a time of anxiety, whether you admit it or not, it's, it's daunting, the feeling of what's next. What were some of the challenges that you feel you had to navigate as you were moving forward? Um, uh, like certain circumstances that you feel like your trajectory was one way and then now here's this new challenge and oh my gosh, you know, are we going to be okay? Whatever, what, however you felt, like what were some of the challenges that you feel you had to go through and get past to move forward? Oh my goodness. So I, I think one I get asked a lot is I, I flew helicopters when I was active duty, I'm a naval aviator. I don't fly helicopters right now. That's not, you know, and when I was getting out, I knew that I didn't necessarily want to go fly for the airlines or, or get into another flying job. I wanted to learn a new skill and I mm. wanted to challenge myself in a, in a totally different avenue. Um, and I think that tapping into a, like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Right. Which is a joke because I'm already grown up, <laughs> but uh, it, it's the same thing. Like, don't, don't pigeonhole yourself thinking this is what I've always done. Now I have to. I have to grow on that because you're closing off so many opportunities. If you're still waking up in the morning and you're still breathing and you're able to stress out or get anxiety or laugh or, or do anything, feed your dog in the morning, you still have an opportunity to start a whole new career. You have interests that you haven't tapped into. If you're, if you're leaving the military, a lot of people look to, to what we started with, right? Look backwards, look forwards it doesn't mean I didn't use anything that I learned. Am I flying helicopters? No, but I will tell you, I fly this desk like a champion. And <laughs> it's great. Love and it. I meant an impact Love out it. of it. But it has nothing to do with really what people looked at what I did uh, for, for 12 years in the military and active duty. 
to what I did now. And, and that, I think that's something that a lot of people transitioning out of the military struggle with. Like what I learned in the military, yes, to fly. Absolutely. It was great. I had a ball, but I learned so much more and it took those people, those right folks and the right organizations to help me understand what did I actually learn and how does that apply and how does that, how's that going to make me happy and successful? Um, so I think there, there's so many different pivotal moments and, and things that you have to manage going through. The one thing that you can't do is limit yourself mm. and you can't close doors as you're transitioning out because you, because you're scared or because it's outside what you've always done. If you do that, you lose opportunity. If it, if, it, if an opportunity presents itself, at least explore it. The least you can do is have a conversation. Yeah, that's such a great example of how on the surface does flying a helicopter, what does that have anything to do with fill in the blank, being in tech, being in HR, being in customer relationship management? And then you can look at every single MOS or rate. Well, what is flying and what does shooting an artillery piece have to do with being attacked? What does being an admin chief have to do? I mean, there's so many examples of this, but you seamlessly did it, it would seem, and because you're actually doing it now. What were the one or two or or whatever comes to mind first, you, you know, the, the biggest translatable skills or character traits that you have that were like, well, yeah, obviously from flying planes to this, this is an obvious bridge. Like these are the things that you use. I think this goes for hopefully everybody that's, that's served in the military, but communication, right? Mm. Just like radio calls in a helicopter. The first radio call that I ever made, if my instructor is listening to this, I'm sorry. It was like, I was having a conversation <laughs> with, with my girlfriend in middle school. Uh, and, and that's okay. Right. I look back at that and it makes me laugh. Uh, how atrocious it was, but I learned and just the refinement of that process from the baby steps mm. to the peak is, is what carries me. And now I'm the VP of customer experience. It's all about the experience, which is based on multiple mediums of communication, right? How do mm -hmm. you engage? What are the memories you're creating? And I think the communication piece is so critical and we learn many different types of communication. We learn how to be succinct. We know how to, to put the bottom line up front, right? Mm -hmm. You know your audience. You're briefing, uh, a, you're briefing someone really a high ranking officer, or you're briefing the new guy in the team. Know your audience and how to communicate with them. It's so critical. And when you get out of the military, you're gonna find that that's a process that in the back of your mind, maybe you haven't even realized how much you have perfected that. Mm. Now it's your turn to go into an organization and to use your skill set to teach others, to bring teams together, to collaborate. And that is a, it's a glorious uh, transformation to watch and to be a part of. And mm. you're probably going to learn a lot more about communication that you, that you did not learn in the military, but that's great, right? You want it to suck at first. You want to feel like you fell on a sword and like, you had a radio call talking to your middle school best friend about NSYNC. Like it's okay to start there. It makes, it makes it so much more glorious if you start and you just try it out and you fall on your face and then you get up and then years later you look back and you're like, wow, I, I, I learned that and it, 
I didn't even focus on it. Just mm. became innate and second nature. Those are the skill sets that you need to look at in the military that you really you took for granted that you were honing those skills. Mm -hmm. But now those are skills that are going to apply in any sector across all industries that you're going to go into outside of the military. Yeah. yeah love they're that. human um, universals, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember, uh, Kat, when, uh, when our paths crossed for the first time and learning about one of your strengths, uh, natural talents is communication. Mm. And it's so fitting that that's what you brought up. And I love that story of development in the military, because you're right. Um, you might have been exceptional in your career, whether you served four years, 10 years or 30 years. You might have been like super well proficient, but then you have to learn some new things in a new environment, just like anybody else would. If you if you go from one command to the next command, you have to learn how that next command works. And same thing in a business or when you move within a business. And so you have to learn, but your ability to learn and adapt, knowing your strengths and talents, that's going to set you up for success. And so I love the fact that you've done this work. Um, you've done the self-reflective work. You know it makes you tick and you know some of your strengths and so you relied on those to move forward and we also know that um nsync is on your personal playlist so that's kind of <laughs> cool um but uh but but here, here's uh here's one more question that i have for you as as we as we start you know uh, uh focusing a little bit more on and you gave some really good advice but but this is more about i guess your number one tip and don't worry about there's no right or wrong answer with this but you you basically gave some really good insight as far as hey reach out to people do your research online um, you gave a really good template um if you had to give one piece of advice of where to start first for 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 veterans who are thinking about getting out maybe they're in the middle of their of their term and they're just wondering man should i get out in two years should i get out like what's some what's some really good advice that you would like to give um, that you found successful and again there's no right or wrong answers here it's just from your perspective what you think would would be helpful yeah i i I really do think that before you, I've spoken about opportunities and taking every opportunity that you have. The, the detriment of doing that first and foremost would be that in the military, you you know the pace of the military life, right? You could be on deployment 24 hours a day, seven days a week for months on end. And what's going on back home with your family and with with your house and with your animals and everything that's going on back home seems like it's on the back burner. You almost hit the pause button, but it doesn't pause. Right. And that's, that's a, a great thing and a, and a detriment of being in the military. Right. But when you're leaving the military, that is no longer the case. You are home. You are with your family. You are not beholden to the schedule of uh, carriers moving or, everything else that's going on that drives what the military operations are. It's your family. So before you go and take every single opportunity, you have to take a moment to pause and realize that your life is going to change. You need work-life balance. That does matter. You need to appreciate the people in your life, your husband, your kids, your dogs, your chickens, and what they provide and, and the sacrifice that they've made because those things are going to change. Your work-life balance is now going to be paramount because you are no longer beholden to a deployment schedule and to an operational tempo. Your operational tempo is at home with your family who will be there with you for the rest of your life. And, and knowing that, spend some time looking intrinsically, 
speaking to those folks that are going to be with you for the rest of your life when you're at home and, and making sure that you know what they need and what you need now that you know that your life is not going to be dictated by military movements. And if you don't do that first, right, look inside before you go reach out. Everyone you, every good mentor is going to ask you what you need in your life. Do you want work-life balance? Do you want to work with people you love? Is it dependent on how much money you make? All these things, right, that yeah. we learn. If you look, if you look inside and you look at your life and you and you talk to the people that are are there, you'll have some avenue for what you can rack and stack getting out of the military. And that's so important because it's your life and we work to live, right? And outside the military, it's just different. And we need to make sure that we're we're doing what's right for us and for our family because that's the rest of your life. And you're not going to go on any more deployments. You're not going to have your spouse pay all the bills and take do all the doctor appointments and all that stuff. You're going to be a part of that now. So if you don't think about that, it's it's going to going to catch up to you. Kat, did you have an actual plan break in employment in terms of going off active duty and into your next opportunity? I got out on a Friday and I started on a Monday. That was my so plan. Sounds like maybe you're, you're offering that uh, taking a break would be highly advantageous because the opportunity wasn't necessarily afforded to you and you could see the opportunities available. Yeah, I, again, I I had some really great people that that helped me get to where I was today and and helped me do that. I think whether you do it on a break right after you leave active duty, I would say months before you leave active duty and that life change happens, hmm. forecast out right and spend some time building up to that knowledge point where you're self aware and you know some idea of what you're stepping out of and what you're stepping into it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to take a six month hiatus and go into the mountains and, and, mm -hmm. and talk to squirrels or whatever you want to do, but there has to be a process for that. And it has to start with the individual that's getting out of the military and, and that reflection and assessment. When did you go through the, the, this program, Kat, um, you went through honor foundation. When, when, how many months before you finished? I think I finished around Halloween, October, end of October, um, the year prior. So maybe six months, seven months prior. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, I think for those that are listening, um, it is nice if you can bake it in, maybe some time off, maybe to unwind it from your work. But, but I I've known, I've known Kat for at least two and a half, almost three years now. And I don't think, I don't think you sleep, honestly. I think you're just kind of moved. <laughs> You just like you are literally flying your desk right now, and I can see the clouds behind you while you're juggling plates on, out of off camera. I mean, you you are you are constantly moving and grinding, and so I think when we talk about time, it could be literally taking a knee and just kind of pausing to reflect, and maybe that is escaping on a sabbatical. We we've seen veterans do that, but I think for great. you, for that's great for them, right? But for you, it's like no, I, I'm going to take time, and it's going to be positioned six months out, nine months out where you're the topic of, of, um, of interest. It's not, it's not anything else. And, and I love how you just intuitively went to priorities, prioritize what's most important. And guess what? That's the first chapter in this program. Yeah. We really want veterans to figure out what is most important to you. Cause you're right. We're not, we're not, um, beholden to the, 
to our government's interests anymore. We, I mean, God bless America, but um, I've done my time. Now it's husband time, mama time, my, my dog's time. And if you don't have a family and don't have pets, that's fine. It's you time. You're the priority. So I love how you just intuitively, intuitively went there. Awesome, solid advice. Uh, man, this has been really good, Kat. So thank you so much for, for spending the time with us. Um, just want to give a shout out to you and, and, um, and the work that you're doing. And you're also bringing in other veterans alongside you in your effort, which is really cool. Um, if people wanted to, to like, you know, hey, Kat, you know, how do I find you, you know, to learn more about what you're doing? How would people, I guess, seek you out, you know, if they're interested? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, on social media platforms, but I would say for this uh, reason, please reach me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Yeah, Kathleen Cox. There you I go. I'm the only one, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. <laughs> yeah, well, once they put in uh, Lieutenant Commander Navy SEAL team, they're going to be the only one. There's, there's only there's <laughs> only one. I'm sorry. There's just there, there can only be one. Um, and so just thank you so much for, for taking the time to be with us and share your insights. No, this I know, is awesome. I, I, I guarantee I, you, you're helping a lot of people. Sorry. No, you guys are helping a lot of people and I'm just here along for the ride and hoping that I can participate and I wish every transitioning veteran, uh, the best of luck and keep your opportunities open and reach out if you need anything. That's awesome. All right, folks. So, you know, transitioning from the military to civilian life, as you've heard in our discussion is unlike any other. Um, and so, uh, you know, you're probably going to find a career, but we really want you to find a career that is fulfilling where you feel that you're able to show up as the best version of you and really pour into that next chapter. Um, but what we've also figured out is that it's better to do it with others. So don't do this alone. Uh, so we want to invite our guests to head over to vectoraccelerator.org where you can download our transition checklist and or enroll in Vector Accelerator's self-guided virtual course. And this program is designed to accelerate your journey to clarity, conviction, and confidence. Take care, everyone.